Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. With you in the studio tonight, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. We're going to talk about the Porcupine Freedom Festival with the organizer of this year's and previous Porcupine Freedom Festivals. His name is Dennis Pratt, calling us from Dover, the east side of the state, the seacoast area of New Hampshire. Welcome, Dennis. Hello, Ian, Bonnie, and Aria. How's it going, Dennis? That's the problem with uh, living all, all the way over here is that we can't actually get over to Keene all that easily. No, it's uh, it's two hours. It's Even like in, in New in Hampshire, Concord, two hours is just so far away. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but you don't want to do it regularly, right? No, it's, it is a lot of gas to, to get over there. But it's good to have you here. Uh, we've talked, of course, we've had John uh, from the, you know, to talk about Porkfest before, although I think this is the first time we've brought you in via our video option, which we now have. You look good. Uh, you can watch our video feed, by the way, over at watch.freetalklive.com. And we've talked about some of the things that are going on at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, which is really hard to get a hold of because there's uh, hundreds and hundreds and maybe even a thousand plus events that are happening there. Uh, this is, of course, uh, what I've called in recent days or recent weeks, the world's most, I guess, popular liberty event. I think it's uh, it has outstripped Anarchapulco. I think for a time, Anarchapulco had that title as far as the the number of attendees and i think that uh within the last couple of years the free state project's porcupine freedom festival the summertime camping festival that happens here every year for the last 20 years this will be the 20th one uh has uh has has knocked out anarchapulco oh you guys hit close to what was it 3000 people last year yeah no we had about uh 2700 tickets and we had about um uh eighteen, nineteen hundred come through or at least uh, register at, at the gate. So it's always hard because you know people a lot of people don't even bother registering. They just they just come and enjoy the festival throughout the whole place. Yeah, yes. that sounds like libertarians. And I, I choose to call it the world's premier libertarian festival because then I, I don't have true. to worry about it being I don't have to worry about popularity or numbers or anything like that. I'm just like, hey, this is the biggest and best, I guess. It's the only one that's really meaningful. I mean, I'm not trying to down what other people do. Anarchapulco is a great party in Mexico if you're looking for a fun, you know, excuse to get out of the United States and go have have a blast uh, down south. I mean, but I, from what we learned from anarch the anarchists, the HBO thing, it doesn't seem like they have as much of an actual community to, that goes on there that we have right, in that's, New Hampshire. That's the point I was driving at is that Porcupine Freedom festival is the most meaningful libertarian event i mean it's the best sleepover with your friends that you can have (laughs) (laughs) you're referencing the prosecution's objection to why i can't go this year at least for the whole thing um but uh it's meaningful because there's an actual community that is in the thousands now anarchapulco it might have been in the dozens at, at one point but that i don't think it ever cracked you know 100 people or whatever living down there and of course that's a city of hundreds of thousands that's of people that's another thing that made me really question why they chose that place like i mean sure get away i think and it was go just jeff berwick Mexico. honestly i think it was and that's the other thing with some of these other uh let's call them projects or move whatever you want to project. call them yeah move here projects that are out there that have been competing with uh with the free state project is a lot of them are this sort of cult of personality projects where there's this one you know person personality that is attracting a certain type of individual and they come to follow that one person i think blue ridge liberty was a good example of this which is where people moved to 
Virginia? Mm, was it Virginia? Yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains are in Virginia. No, I think it was North Carolina. Oh. I think it was. Maybe they go uh, through all of it. It was Asheville, Asheville, North Carolina. There was a, uh, several dozen people that moved there. Uh, oh boy, you're going to do a lot with several dozen people. <laughs> because that's of one the problem guy. with these with all of these migration projects, and it makes me irrationally angry. Actually, it's rationally angry because it's a it's futile and it's effort, but. People hear about the Free State Project and go, that's great. Let's do Free State Louisiana or yeah. Free State Florida. Hey, how about instead of immediately going and trying to do your own thing, you join us doing our already successful and in progress thing, and we don't divide our energy across. I mean, if you're going to do that, you might as well just vote for the National Libertarian Party as all of your activism because the two things are just as effective. You got caught up in organizing the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and uh, <laughs> and that is something I would entrapped. Not wish. I think entrapped. Yeah, is and the I've word. said this to you before. I would not wish that on anyone uh, because it is a having organized some things myself. I used to put together a little, a much smaller event called Keenvention out here a few years uh, before the feds raided us the first time, and that just basically made me say, you know what, I don't have time for this. Uh, but we did a few of them out here. And and so, you know, knowing a little bit about organizing an event, there, there's a lot going on, especially one the size of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's always a lot of plates that are spinning all at the same time. And you as the uh, the primary organizer, you have to kind of deal with all that. Now, you started out, I think, in a, in a different role. Were, weren't you kind of like an assistant organizer when the Paxtons were doing Porkfest several years ago and you kind of worked your way up? That's right. Uh, I I just moved here, um, and I was looking for kind of a place to uh, to 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 set up. Uh, luckily, um, Jessica Paxton was looking for somebody to take over a large part of uh, of 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 her particular uh, year, um, and I came in. And I was really what I wanted to do is I wanted to shift us more towards uh, highlighting porcupines highlighting what we were doing i I had just moved here and so i went around and just basically started going and saying who's doing what and i was going around interviewing people and saying hey um would you mind talking about that at pork fest and so we actually had one of the highest porcupine led pork fest ever and that's that's how i made my mark it was really more feeding my own curiosity about mm-hmm. what was going on here and thinking that we really should be offering that to at the porcupine freedom festival and um and everyone loved it you know the porcupines loved it but also even more importantly our real target segments uh, the, the target segments that you know the, the the movers um i mean i i you say i'm organizer i really kind of des- consider myself a, a redesigner of pork fest mm-hmm. um and i made some very significant changes over the years to pork fest uh, repositioning it, redesigning it, retargeting it. You know, that's basically my background is, is in, uh, uh, the design of new products. Um, and I use those techniques, uh, to, uh, to really kind of go after people who were, uh, kind of ignored. Um, and, uh, on all my measures, I'm very high. It's, it's, it's been an extremely successful. We're, we're more than double the size of, of Porkfest before more than seven times the number of events. Um, and even more importantly, the things that I was really concerned with was that amongst the really hardcore libertarians, uh, the free state project and Porkfest just were not elements. We're not things that they were thinking about. Um, and now we are, you know, much more commonly talked about. Uh, it's, it's, it's become one of these things of where they're really fear of missing out. Um, and I, I'm very happy with, uh, 
with how we've used that. Uh, there's been a couple of other elements of that of that thing of kind of getting away from the Cato and reason segments mm -hmm. uh, and moving more towards the Beltway the really libertarian types. You mean? That's right. Yeah, and, and my argument uh, originally was that you know these are not our targets. We should not be targeting these people. They're easy. They're easier to get. These these smaller segments are much harder to get. But the more that we go after the uh, you know the secessionists, the freedom cells, the Mises caucus, uh, you know people like that, uh, the anarcho capitalists, the uh, the people, um, the more that we're going after them rather than the people who are arguing thirty two percent versus twenty eight percent taxation, thirty two percent versus twenty eight percent. If you think that that's your core uh, issue, you're not moving. I was working out of the uh, Chicago Mercantile Exchange. I was probably the only uh, uh, Democratic. I was probably the only socialist in at, at the Mercantile Exchange. That's uh, like trading. Wall Street, right? That's a Wall Street job. No, it's trading no. commodities. Okay, so I was actually arbitraging gold uh, uh, across okay. uh, different markets uh, between the New York New York market and the Chicago market. Um, but uh, and uh, my boss left to uh, he 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 left to start up a company. He the per first person he hired was me, uh, which was really interesting because he was like an arch conservative and he knew I was a, like this democratic socialist. Hmm. We basically argued, so we would we would be in a startup situation seven days a week, you know, long hours, and the way we would take breaks would be arguing like you guys arguing. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was very strange was that um, we both really were uh, logically consistent. That was really mattered to us. And so when the other person pointed out a logical inconsistency, we would, uh, you know, w we, we couldn't let it go. I think that's um, the thing that is why libertarians like to quote unquote argue is because we all practice being logical and it's fun for us. Like, I hate when people point it out and try to say, like, libertarians always there's always drama. There's always drama. Like, sure, sometimes there's drama in every group at any any time you look at them. But I don't think it's necessarily that libertarians like quote unquote drama. I think that it's like we like to talk out arguments like we've been thinking about this for years or whatever. And now we want to talk it out with somebody. And can you break my logic? Nope. I win. You know, I mean, it's fun. Well, one of the problems, of course, is on Twitter, you don't have a real conversation with somebody most of the time. Exactly. It's just and th somebody then it ends snipes up in a point and then seeming, somebody else. Or just the Internet in general, whenever you're texting over text. Well, Twitter in particular, and that's one of the reasons I love Twitter, because it's got the 280 uh, character limit. And whoever, Unless you pay them. Then yes, you and whoever 000. allowed that should be fired. Yeah, the, It should be a hard limit. of two, If you can't say it within 280 characters, it doesn't belong on Twitter. I'm pretty sure that was Elon Musk. Who, uh, then fire him. <laughs> I, I don't care to use Twit longer or the, mm -hmm. the thread unravel thing or yeah. the click to show more thing. Take that crap to Facebook or Tumblr or WordPress or Blogspot or wherever just not for the literal microblogging site that is meant for shorter messages. Because it trains people where they don't have to learn to condense their message into fewer words. So they can just ramble endlessly and say in 4,000 words something that could have been said in 40. Well, that said, there are That's some problems Matrix when you don't for. have the ability to, uh, to express yourself fully. Um, let's see. So you're in New York City. You're, uh, you started as a socialist, which kind of makes sense, right? You're surrounded by that probably. I started were, as a communist. Well, not really, up. but I was once a communist. And that changed for you at some point. You know, can you kind of take us back to that, that point in your yeah, 20s? Yeah, well, that was, the, uh, that, was, that was during the startup. And so he was, uh, he was economically uh, 
conservative, but he was definitely Pax Americana. And he was also not into body freedom. I was very heavy hmm. body freedom and, uh, and uh, uh, you know, you've got to end these damn wars. And uh, I, I thought that the money should just all flow to the government and we give it out equi- uh, equitably. Mm-hmm. Um, when and you say so, body freedom, uh, what, what do you mean? Well, that you own your own body. That I, I mean, that, that's, that's how I would frame it today. I wouldn't have framed it then. Right. Uh, that's 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 the uh, libertarian ethics. I guess uh, like coming through. what aspect of that was he against? Like, was he pro life oh, or against tattoos no. or what? Yeah, he would be. He, he uh, laws against drugs, laws against uh, uh, you know how you use your body. I see. So he actually thought that that you could create. You ought to be able to create laws to enforce cultural norms. Oh God. Right. He's conservative. So, yeah. yeah, it's conservative. He's conservative. He's, he was an arch conservative. But uh, but I mean, I, I there's it's funny because, um, <laughs> you know, I I actually dislike Twitter. I know Ari just made a big case for it because I don't think that Twitter is something that can actually convince people or explain what this gigantic paradigm shift is uh, for um, for uh, uh, libertarianism. How's uh, how the sales yeah, coming along? We, <clears throat> Yeah, so when I uh, when I first redesigned it, well, you know, I was uh, the first couple of years I was testing things, and then I I redesigned it, and uh, I remember uh, telling uh, the uh, the the group over at Forkfest. I'm hoping that we're talking to about that the uh, Telegram group there, and I would tell them, I'd say, you know, look, guys, I don't think you realize what's happening here. Uh, you know, I'm selling, I'm selling a lot of tickets. We're going to sell out the campground. Oh, we'll never sell out the campground. The campground won't be sold out. And, uh, we sold out the campground. And then, uh, at some point I had to kind of make a decision about what, what the maximum number was. We didn't know what the number should be. Mm -hmm. We never thought that we'd, we'd, we'd hit a maximum. The maximum has to do with sewage and water. Right. That's really what, what controls it. Uh, and we had no idea what would break and what wouldn't break. And, well, we've uh, seen things break on that campground at way less than, (laughs) uh, 2000. I mean, there were pipes breaking and, you know, years ago, I, there was a couple campsites where, you know, sewage was coming up. Now, I, the, the yeah. campground did a good job of handling that as soon as possible. But, yeah, there's only so much the infrastructure on this campground mm-hmm. can hold, which, by the way, is the largest campground in the state of New Hampshire. It yeah. does not get bigger uh, than Rogers Campground. This is it. Unless somebody else goes out and builds a brand new campground or buys Rogers and then, you know, tears some more trees down or something to make some more room. This is as big as it can get. And you said that it sold out as far as the campground. The the campground is this year. Bonnie confirmed That happened right this. away. I mean, that happened yeah, really quickly. Like, basically, when Porkfest 2022 ended, people were like, there was rumors that it was already sold out. But I was like number 17 on the waiting list a couple weeks ago when I... To when get to a go, campsite, you mean to get an RV site or something? In like either that. site, whatever comes open. And yeah. for anyone curious how this can happen, it's because there's a lot of smaller hotels and Airbnbs and stuff like that around Rogers Campground where one can come during the day and then sleep elsewhere. So even if the campsites and the motel room and all of that are like sold out, there's still a nearby hotel that people can stay at. Maybe. Some, usually. <laughs> Have you right? heard anything about the hotel status? I mean, is there any, are people yeah, even? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, the, some hotel rooms just opened up. Uh, oh, okay. I, I just I just saw. You know, there are five rooms at one of the places. I was going, really? There's five rooms there? But they just opened up. You They're going to go fast. People drop out for yeah. var- various reasons and sure. stuff like that. So I highly recommend get on wait list. Things move. Mm-hmm. You know, things are still going to be moving. Right now, you know, um, 
People are going to be making some decisions. They're going to say, hey, should I pack up and go to the most awesome libertarian uh, convention in the world, uh, festival in the world? Am I, uh, you know, is that something that I really want to do, this week-long immersion to Liberty Village? Or do I want to stay home and watch the Golden Girls rerun? <laughs> and you'll be surprised to find out how many libertarians decide that Golden Girls reruns are more important than going and actually experiencing this thing that they – I mean, you know, when we become libertarians, I, I never finished the story as to how I became libertarian. Okay, thank you. When yeah. we become libertarians, um, it's such a beautiful thing. It's such a transformation. Uh, and I remember I mean, what happened was we argued and, and, and over time, you know, my, my, my wife threatened to divorce me and all that type of stuff because she had married a socialist and she, she came from kind of a leftist uh, okay. uh, family. And so I was like kind of a triumph. And then she was going, you know, if you keep going down this path, I don't think we could stay together. And I was going, but is what I'm saying illogical? You know, I, I was like going, going, you know, total libertarian on her. I go, you know, is, is, does this not make sense? And she didn't really care because she was scared of being ostracized. So, you know, um, I, I, there's a number of characteristics uh, that I, I uh, use for whether someone can actually convert to libertarianism. And definitely ability to withstand social ostracization is one of them. That you, you will still do what you think is right despite what the crowd says. I think that if you start putting out seeds, people start asking you questions. You can work on those people. But just to think you can just change everyone around you just because you are right, even if you're completely right. I wish that right, were true. It just mean, doesn't happen. There was a time when I thought that, you know, a lot of people were secretly libertarian. They just didn't know what it was. And then COVID showed me the truth. And that is that I think we're that doesn't make by- sense because that's like saying that libertarianism is a gene or something. But I do think mm-hmm. that lots of people have the ability to reason within themselves and it's just never been taught to them because public schools don't actually teach the trivium. They don't teach reasoning and logic. Um, but I don't think that that makes sense to say somebody's libertarian and don't know it. That doesn't make sense to me anymore. I used to kind of think that made sense, but it doesn't make sense because it's like saying libertarianism is like a gene and no, it's just not. It just I mean. means they wouldn't want to control other people and they just don't give any thought to what their political identity but is. But maybe right? right now they do want to control other people, but they just haven't thought it through logically. I think that's what the case that Ian was making. Is no, if- I'm saying like you could be somebody that absolutely... W- is completely dead wrong, dead wrong in every way. I used to think Mexicans were coming over to take our land and is uh, Islam should be banned from America. I was dead wrong. I wasn't mm-hmm. like, well, I don't want to control people, but I just don't know what, what libertarianism is. I was dead wrong, very mm-hmm. bad, right-winger. Police are good. We need laws, things like that. I just got it explained to me. And the main thing was I wanted to know what my beliefs were coming from me, not from being led by emotion. So I literally looked up elementary school books about logic. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is definitely possible to bring some people on board. Go ahead, Dennis. I was just saying, and, and Bonnie and I have had this argument on Twitter, which is just a terrible platform to have a deep discussion. Right. Nonetheless, we've tried to do that. And uh, I am definitely of the, you know, after my decades and, you know, and Bonnie, maybe, maybe, maybe after 40 years or so, she, she will have the, the, the way of converting people. I think that it's, it's Bonnie was of the type. She had characteristics, whether they're innate, I suspect they are, or whether they were learned early. But I think that, I think that there's also a genetic component that actually allowed her to 
go and say, I need to understand this. You know, it was just like my friend and I, you know, when, when we converted, it took nine months for us to convert. Uh, my friend and I, we both came to this, 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 this synthesis that, you know, was, was impossible before, but it took nine hard months and we stuck with it. We were determined. We were, you know, we were, we were, we were pounding it really and, and, and willing to kind of go, okay, there's something wrong here with my thinking. What is that? Most people are just not, they're totally comfortable with a and not a, if you're comfortable with a and not a it's darn hard to become libertarian what is here. that it's the logical a and not a's go ahead can you, the, can you explain that yeah so a and not a's is you know you, you have one belief and then you have the opposite belief and you're no. holding those two beliefs as true at the same time uh, so, you know, you could call it hypocrisy, you could call it just logically, logically inconsistent. You mean like the belief um, that uh, a lot of people have that uh, you can't trust politicians, but we need the government. Right. My favorite was Mitt Romney in 2000, uh, when he was running for presidential. He said that in 2000, he was the CEO of Bank Capital, but he wasn't the CEO of Bank Capital. And he said this in a debate. And conservative said, yeah, that checks out. That makes sense. Like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. He literally said he was the CEO and wasn't the CEO in the same sentence. Well, isn't Biden's wife a doctor, but not a doctor? I don't know. We, She's a PhD in education or uh, something silly like that. We, we love yeah, independence, I, I, but we don't like secession. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 really good to you know. Um, I, I'm actually I'm actually going to work on an instrument to to identify who is worthy of your time and effort to convert. Which is for me, it's not really conversion; it's more a, a revealing mm-hmm. uh, the libertarian. Uh, but one of them is the person who gets really upset when you do a logical inconsistency, and you know their voice. Wait, you can't say it. yeah that person there. That person has a chance. Now, there's other things that's required, but that's a really, really good clue that that's a, that's somebody who might be uh, might be uh, 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 able to make the journey. You know, Bonnie, I, I, and it's so funny because we know how weird we are. You know, we know how 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 unusual we are, and yet we keep projecting that other people are like us and that that they can follow the same path that we took. In fact, we also have a call on the line from Alu Axelman from LibertyBlock.com. Alu, a prolific libertarian author who I believe will be doing a debate at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Alu, tell us about the debate you're having. Do you know when and where that's going to be occurring? Yes, sir. And hello to Dennis. I'm glad you made it onto the show. Um, I am debating against... Stephen Villiers, my good friend, who's also on the board of the FNHI. A foundation for New Hampshire Independence. Yes, sir. Yeah. We'll be debating oh. on Thursday the 22nd at 12 noon at RV60, which is the Free State-based. Okay, cool. So this is one of the many, many, what is it? How, how many dozen uh, hubs are there, Dennis, at this Porcupine Freedom Festival? The Free State-based is so, just one of many, right? Right, right, right. I mean, there, you know, so Porkfest always had some uh, 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 groups doing things in the campground. So mm-hmm. they always had that. 
Um, what they didn't have was actually being able to put those into the official directory and have uh, uh, you know Park, uh, Park Fest uh, provide uh, the schedule of their events. And this was uh, and in a right lot now, of ways the fault of Hoover, which was very centralized, very expensive. It worked very well, but it was very this is an app. yes, it was very limited. And I mean, it, it, this mechanism simply wasn't there for people out there in the campground to get their events on the Hoover app, which is what at the time ran the festival, right? No, no, no. It was actually it was actually a, a different philosophy of how to run the pork fest. Um, uh, now, I actually started. I I I prototyped this on Hoover. So I, I, the, the hubs that you see now, I, I actually prototyped in, uh, in 20, in the, in, in 20, uh, on Hoover. Um, and, uh, now it's, it, it, it didn't work all that well. It was a little, it was hard. Uh, and so I had to write a lot of software to actually, uh, support it separately. Uh, so what you have now is actually supported by my software. Um, and, uh, but last year we had 70, something hubs right now we wow. uh we had and i think we had 55 that were that were officially on the directory and then you know there's there's always the hubs that just refuse to you know i'm not going to report myself to the man lrn.fm there we gotta hit the old dump button on you because you can't say that one on the radio uh, but yes, what you're referring to was uh, people who, yeah, so, some people just don't want to sign up for stuff. They don't want to join stuff, and that's fine. And th- those people are certainly yeah. welcome uh, as well. You, th- but just to kind of explain what a hub is, what what is a hub? Yeah. So the so the hub was, I basically said, look, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, I mean, my first year, I think I explained, I went around and, and asked people what they were doing in the free state. Everyone was so passionate, and they were so excited to share. And then, you know, they were excited to put on a program. And so that's basically what I did. I, I said, okay, you, you know, whatever your passion area is, and I don't really care what it is. If you have something that you're passionate about, bring it to Porkfest. Share it with the people at Porkfest. Now, a lot of the things are liberty-oriented. They might be products, or they might be services, or they might be food-oriented. They might be uh, a lounge um, uh, where people just hang out and, and just enjoy each other. Uh, or they might be a venue where they actually put on, you know, a full range of, of programming. Uh, and that could be everything from talks to how to's to experiential things to debates like, like Al Lou was talking about. Uh, but last year we had, a uh, about 70 or so 70, 75 this year we'll have about 125. That's amazing. So Alu, you're going to have a debate about what? So Stephen Bellier and I both support New Hampshire independence or both on, on the board. And he has a somewhat different approach. He has a very uh, more conservative and less um, uh, conflict, right. uh, less. Um, yeah, he has, a he more, has the approach more of, of let's ask approach. permission from master before, right. you know, before we leave. How asinine. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me, so husband who beats me book. every day. May I, I have, yeah, may I have permission to divorce you? <laughs> right. So yeah, it'll be an so interesting in debate. Defense, he, he wrote a book about it called the Club 75 Alliance Manifesto. I'm reading it now. I'm almost finished. It's very good. It's the same as his long, very well-produced video online explaining how, pretty much how he 
wants to get liberty people to the state of New Hampshire, especially those who love liberty and hate the federal income yeah, tax. Yeah, he's a great activist. I mean, I, I don't want to sound like yeah, I'm downing yeah. Steve Villiers. I mean, yeah. he's, yeah. no, it's going to be a great debate. He's like a long time. He's a long time. Uh, I think he's a long time treasurer for the Free State Project, and he holds some other mm-hmm. roles uh, as well. So definitely a doer, definitely a mover and a shaker. And he's just of the belief that let's get uh, his essentially his project is to migrate people who are wealthy to New Hampshire because obviously freedom benefits those people too. Uh, get wealthy libertarians to move to New Hampshire and then uh, essentially petition the federal government to leave. So it sounds like you're you're boning up by reading his book. That way you're prepared. You know everything that's going to come out of his exactly. mouth at the debate. <laughs> very, very good. Good strategy. Exactly. Yeah, it's a very good book. Um, so I'm doing that, but I'm doing like 10 other events. Of I can't tell myself I'm going to chill out at Porkfest, but I keep... He's also um, doing you know, nine of the ten all at the same time. He will actually be <laughs> in ten different, nine different places all at once. And he has a kid. He destroys the whole idea that you can't be an activist and have a kid. That's true. All of this super true. active. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners. This is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. There was a big protest that happened, and I feel like it was 2018 or 2019, where the vendors just said, you know what, we've had it with these vendor fees, we've had it with all the rules, and they went over and they, they created their own uh, vendor area that was outside of the sort of the, the classic zone. There's this thing called Agora Valley, which is the, a few different RV sites or rows of RV sites right as you sort of heading up towards the the pavilion. That used to be the real hot spot for years. That was where everybody who wanted to be seen would locate, and it was a very, very popular place to be. Still is now. Well, it is now, but there was one year in, I think it was 2018 or 2019, where the vendors were just like tired of all the rules that uh, previous organizers had, had come up with. And there were always reasons for the rules, but they were tired of it, and they were tired of the vendor's fees, and they said, you know what, we're just going to go over here. And they made this uh, this row that was kind of like a little ways down, and almost every vendor went over there. Where were you during this? Were you sort of like assisting with the Porcupine Freedom Festival at that time, and was it was it you who made the decision, you know what, let's get rid of these vendor fees Let's decentralize the campground. Let's let's step away as this sort of organizing force of the Free State Project, which is, if I recall correctly, used to actually rent the entire campground or reserve it or something. And and it's, at some point, somebody in leadership said, "This isn't working. We've upset the vendors, and there you know there's a, there's a revolt." They didn't leave the event. They just went and they did their own thing. How did that come about? Were you involved in in that? Yeah, I mean that was part of my redesign. So mm-hmm. I I did an extensive redesign of of Porkfest. Now, what you what you you're talking about some decisions that Jessica made um and uh you know, I mean I, she I don't think what you I I don't think you realize where Porkfest was. Porkfest is uh uh you know, a very important at least nominally an important part of the Free State project. The idea is you know, we're trying to build this Liberty homeland. Uh, how do we get people to come? 
Well, what if we give them an experience, a little taste of what that might look like? And that is what the Porcupine Freedom Festival is. You know, I call it an immersion into a simulated um, uh, uh, freedom village for uh, mm-hmm. for a week. Um, the trouble was was that you know for a variety of reasons, and I you know, and I I had to study it and think through it what what the reasons were. Um, uh, Porkfest was always right on the edge of losing money. If it wasn't losing money, or you'd have to kind of, you kind of like had to look squinty whether it was losing money or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, it wasn't uh, serving us in terms of getting movers here. Uh, it was causing, it was costing the uh, organization even more than the money. It was costing us enormous amounts of volunteer time. Uh, that was just, you know, that, that it's not free. Volunteer time is not free. It's taken away from other things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so the idea was, you know, do we keep it up? Do we, do we keep going with this porcupine, uh, with this, um, uh, porcupine freedom festival as something that's run by and for the FSP? Uh, do we shut it down? Uh, do we spin it off? And Jessica was looking at, okay, what if we spun it off and we don't actually have uh, cash to kind of run it from behind? You know, could it actually make, it could it actually break even? Um, is that something that's possible? Uh, and, you know, one of the ideas that she had uh, was, okay, look, you know, you, you have these vendors coming. Why aren't they kind of helping pay for this thing? Uh, and so that was, that was that attempt, but yeah, uh, when I took it over, uh, you know, I, I diagnosed the problem quite differently. Uh, I used a number of models, uh, including Forkfest, including Jack, um, uh, Jack Schmex, uh, Jack, uh, how do you pronounce his last name? Alt Expo. Yeah. Shimmick, uh, Alt Expo, which was Shimmick. Jack. Yeah. Uh, the Alt Expo, uh, you know, uh, 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 a lot of that, it just said, okay, what if we actually design this quite differently. And I took it away from, you know, you, you keep on talking about uh, your model is the OG model of Porkfest being down in the bowl and that type of thing. I junked that model. I junked that model almost immediately. I said, we shouldn't be a hierarchical uh, uh, Porkfest. It shouldn't be something that's, that's done by the organizers run from this, from the field and the pavilion. And instead the, the Porkfest should be, throughout the entire campground. Some of the controversies so far this year, uh, Dennis, have included disagreements, of course, over who's on the main stage. Uh, One of the ones that's bubbled up now into apparently mainstream media with WMUR covering uh, is RFK Jr., who is going to be giving a speech at the the pavilion. He's not Uh, as hot as JFK. As, oh, as, as hot. Got it. Okay. And, well, he's alive, and so he's, he's speaking. <laughs> and, uh, and there's other politicians, that, yeah, too. Yeah, but he's, he's a living politician, which makes him less hot. Right. So does this <laughs> – I mean, you, you said earlier, Dennis, that you, the way you view the main stage is if somebody can't – you know, if they don't have enough room on the sites in the campground, then you'll book them into uh, the main stage – does that kind of frustrate you, considering you wanted to get away from Beltway type people? I mean, you've got essentially people like this RFK Jr., this Vivek uh, guy from the right wing, who's like a total drug warrior uh, psychopath. You've got some other characters like Tulsi, who will change her, you know, political clothing as often as she thinks it'll benefit her. I mean, who these- was this one? 
Tulsi Gabbard. Really? She, yeah, she went was a Demo- Democrat, from Democrat to Republican a last Republican year. or whatever. I mean, does that frustrate you at I all? I thought she to, was initially a Republican. To be, no, no. No, to, no. To, uh, to be booking these people? I mean, because that seems like it's contrary to what you were saying earlier, where it should be focused on porcupines. Right. So this goes back to whether we're decentralized or centralized. And my rule is you bring me somebody that a lot of the attendees want. So it's, you know, kind of a bottom up demand. Uh, and they want that. Uh, you can show me demand and then we can actually have kind of a libertarian talk. So, for example, Tulsi, I mean, I worked with them on on a, on, on this talk. I love their talk. So Tulsi's talk. It's it's basically coming from the left and what her path was, her journey out of being a Demo- the Democratic uh, presidential candidate and then realizing what that what that it just wasn't fitting and then going through that 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 issue of, well, am I going to lose all my friends? Am I going to lose all my supporters? You know, because this isn't fitting and I have to actually leave. And what do I do? She's now politically homeless. Um, she's no, definitely not a libertarian, but she's politically homeless. She has anti-war, she, I don't think she though. Fits... Nah, she's only anti Well, you know, I don't, oh, I, 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 you know, you're making judgments here. What I, what I judge is, you know, so let's, let's say that Ian comes and says, Hey, I've got Joe Blow here. Yeah. And I don't really know who Joe Blow is, uh, but I really want him to talk. And, and boy, there's a lot of people who want him to talk. First thing I'm going to do is find out what what the demand is. You know, kind of is is this somebody that that really can't? Okay, so I took Porkfest, moved it out of the bowl, out spread out to the campground. Now there's so much activity, activity that's happening in the campground. It's really hard to track people out of the campground back down into the bowl. And so people will come to me and go, I want to be in the ball. I go, well, you can't attract people. You can't attract enough people down here. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to show me that you can really attract that type of demand down into the bowl. Now, you know, because if, if you have somebody who, you know, they can attract 30, 40, 50 people, have them at your, have them at your hub. That's a fantastic venue. It feels, it feels successful. You put 30, 40, 50 people in the, in the pavilion, it feels like a loser situation. So let's say that you came and you, you said, you know, I have this person here and I think is, I think he's the cat's pajamas. Donald Trump. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go and find out, you know, are you right? You know, is, is this somebody that is, is really going to pull down people? Uh, because it's hard to pull people down nowadays. Donald Trump would definitely uh, it's pull It's much them harder in. than it used to be. Hmm? Do- Donald Trump would definitely pull people in. I'd go watch Donald Trump. Not Maybe not if it was a gun-free zone out of principle. <laughs> yeah, so let's stay with Trump as the example. Or DeSantis. Either one of them would absolutely pack the pavilion. And I wouldn't some. want him at Porkfest, but if he was going to be there and it wasn't up to me, I'd go watch Trump so, be that close to a celebrity. Yeah. So my question would be, though, if I would, if in theory, so you I would got have Donald to have Trump. a connection with him. Right. You would have to go to Dennis and say, "I got Trump." Yeah, would I that be kosher to, to have this straight, with this actual warmonger tyrant speaking on the main stage at Porkfest? Right. So I am not making a judgment about the person's um, libertarianness. Right. That's what you're suggesting. But why that don't we you? make judgments? Why not? That because because. 
<laughs> because you're making the judgment. The person who brings me the person, they said this is this is something that's appropriate for park uh, for park fest. And then is this the bottom up? I don't make judgments about your your hub. So you can have on your hub, you know, whatever you want. You can do the drag queen story hour, right? That was the big debate. I'm going. I'm not making this, and people come back to me. So in I've that actually had scenario people, though people literally did threaten violence, and you did nothing about it. Uh, okay, well we can talk about that separately. But you're so my point is is that you can have what you want on your hub, um, and the 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 hub that I'm running is not really a hub that is reflective of me. It's not. Re- it's reflective of the campground isn't there it a is, problem it is a with reflection that I, mean, I get what you're i get what you're saying but if indeed we don't want this to turn into a conservative or an authoritarian or a progressive uh campsite or campground or event then doesn't it benefit us to say no that's okay if you want to bring your ultra right wing warmongering psychopath in the form of Vivek Ramaswamy. <laughs> uh, if you want to bring this person to pork fest, then have them at your hub. That would have been, I feel like that would have been the appropriate answer because now what it sounds like you're saying is as long as there's enough conservatives on the campground, or as long as there's enough, you know, authoritarian uh, leftists on the campground to support having RFK or Vivek, speaking then they'll get to speak and and they can bring in trump and they can bring in desantis and they can bring in biden or whoever else they want to bring in as long as there's 100 plus or 200 people who are willing to go see them talk is that what you want it to turn into we have many different examples of why um advertising or putting out the signal to conservatives coming to pork fest is a bad thing like what for one thing they're just they're not more on our side than the leftists it's like I don't understand where that idea comes from. And another thing, Mikey had $300 of shrink last year from his unmanned vending machines that he said he's never had before. There's more conservatives than ever have ever been there. The one conservative tried to threaten violence against Jeff for being a nudist last year. And uh, I know there's no... Well, Maj Torre said he is definitely going to, um, you know, bring violence. I know we can separ- talk about that separately, but there are multiple reasons why you wouldn't want to advertise to people, hey, this is a conservatarian uh, place. I mean, just safety sounds like number one out of the three examples I just gave. To be fair, Dennis, I think you post on Twitter more than both Ari and I co- combined. I don't know about Bonnie. She's on there a lot. Uh, so you're probably at... Uh, you and Bonnie are probably at the same level. On that one, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't troll as much. <laughs> I've really only trolled once in my life. It was just so successful that everyone thinks I'm such a troll. <laughs> are you talking? Are you talking about the Maj troll? Yeah, I think yes. So. I, it was just. A oh lie. my god! It's never what a, a, what a troll that was. It's never immoral to lie to somebody who's threatening violence to try to protect your friends. So yeah, I just straight up lied to him. You're and referring it was so to successful. Maj Tour, who I thought was a libertarian until he proved he wasn't. Uh, this year when he because I didn't know that much about him you know, he's great yeah. on great on gun freedom but apparently not so great on on other things he had announced he's coming to the porcupine freedom festival and he was going to roll up on any campsite or in his community he didn't talk he wasn't talking specifically about pork fest but he said if you are doing a drag queen story hour 
in my community, I'm going to roll up and assault you. And then when I get out of jail, I'm going to come back and do it again, essentially. And you said, well, you better look out at Porkfest because we're going to have... I didn't say look out. That sounds like a threat. I said, well, don't come to Porkfest because a ton of us are going to be doing drag queen story hours or... Kid-friendly drag shows is what I said on our own sites. Ah, okay. And so that caused a huge controversy and a bunch of conservative types. People said, we're out. We're not going to Porkfest. Got almost 100,000 views. Because of what one person said uh, they were going to do at their campsite. But now, I have confirmed that there will be children at Tranny Story Hour. You've announced within the last uh, 48 hours, Aria, that you are going to be having a Tranny Story Hour. Yeah, Bonnie made the threat. I've got to see it through, man. Yeah, I just don't have the energy to actually see it through. I just, I I thought it would, what I said, it did uh, accomplish a lot of what I wanted, but it'll be even better when it actually happens. Yeah, so I I hate kids, but I love trolling, so I'm (laughs) conflicted, but you know, the troll is worth it. I don't think Maj Tour is going to do anything. I don't think so either. Uh, I think it's an empty threat. But it, it really was but a threat. But it is a threat. And I think that does bring us to a, this other controversy. And, and we could talk about the main stage. I do want to come back to that because I don't know if you've had a chance to really answer the question, Dennis. But Maj, I presume, is he going to be on the main stage? Is he one of the, the main stage speakers? Yes. Okay, yes, so, yes. So. He will be. So Maj Ture, uh is uh, the, the reason why he's on the main stage. And, and you know... I, <sighs> I, <clears throat> who brought you back, Ian? Who brought you back to Porkfest and to the main stage? Uh, Roger Paxton and you. That's right. And I keep on hearing about Free State Project bringing you back. You know, I get dragged for, you know, you, you, you publicly use my name uh, on the negative side. But you don't say, who stood up for me? Now, the reason why I brought you back onto the stage is because people wanted to see you. You would fill up the, the, uh, the, uh, the pavilion. I had people th- threaten they're not going to come back. Important people, people who, whom you know who are uh, key movers and shakers, people who are my friends. They unfriended me, as a matter of fact, because I stood up for you. Now, does that mean that I support everything about you or anything? Does I does that mean that the Free State Project is is support? No. What it means is that the Free State Movement, the Free State Movement, the people of the Free State Movement, think that you are important enough that they want to hear you. Bonnie lied. I don't believe Maj was Maj was doing some some very okay when I talked to him. And, and 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 now I have to make a make a phone call to Philadelphia and talk to Maj Ture about what exactly is it that he means, yeah. And so I have to go actually through every single step, you know, you know, you know, are you saying this? Are you saying that? Are you? Say- and it's not something that is going to be done over Twitter. Twitter is a signaling device. Yes, and he Twitterly, signaled violence, Twitter, Dennis. None of the virtue signaling that I or you or Ian or anyone else does on Twitter calls for violence. Okay, so what they believe that you are calling for violence against children, right? Now, do I believe that you're doing that? No, they believe you do. Now, do okay, I have well, to call you up and say, for me to say, and say, and say I believe say, you should assault children? That would be the equivalent here. It's not, and we're not having well, a disagreement. Well, they're thinking Hold it's on, a sexual Dennis. assault on children. We're that's not. We're not having a that's conversation. That's what they believe. Well, it doesn't that's, matter. It, does, it doesn't matter what they believe because we're not having a dispute about what is and isn't assault. 
we're having a dispute about whether or not it's okay to threaten whatever you consider assault to be. Right? That's it. I don't care that he defines, you know, being trans as assault. That's immaterial to the that's immaterial to the equation. Being trans, I was talking about the the, Okay, being trans and under the age of eighteen. Arya just is more provocatively than a drag queen most of the time. And none of it's matter none of it matters because the basic (laughs) question is, is it okay to threaten whatever you consider to be assault? Would it be okay for me to threaten if I believed assault to be transing a up the kids to go out there on Twitter and say, I'm going to go trans up all the kids? No. That would be threatening assault. A specific threat is serious and it is worthy of a ban. That is not what we had. That's and, easy to uh, say when you're not the one threatened, man. He did not threaten you, Arya. Where do you I didn't say he threatened me. Individually. Where did he I didn't make say a he specific... As, uh, uh, but saying, hey, so, that threat's not serious, that's coming straight out of an ivory tower, man. No, because you're, you're, you're talking as though as though he is a um, white uh, uh, trans uh, intellectual. That is not where he's coming from. I didn't say okay? anything about his skin color, man. I'm saying that he comes from a different culture. He is talking to people whom you don't talk to. Okay. You cannot reach those people. So he All black he is, people are violent virtue, idiots. Is that what you're he saying? Is virtue signaling. No, he's it, virtue that. signaling. He said he's not an intellectual and he's black. So therefore, when he says something, it doesn't mean exactly what he means. He was an intellectual. You just did. He he did. He said you're. I said that she was talking as though that he was talking as though he is she. He is not she. She cannot project her interpretation on top of it. What it is that he's saying. What he she needs to do is to talk to him individually. Say. Are you saying this? He refused Are to have a conversation. Are you saying that? And you have to actually have to go. What is this obsession that? people have with hearing out people who threaten violence? Well, it's Carmen Barashinka all over again uh, saying, okay. oh, just hear out the warmonger. Well, but I, but I could understand the argument that, hey, look, he wasn't clear. It's only 200. Let me read it. Characters. I've got it right here. Ready? Okay, go ahead. If you do a drag queen story hour for children in my community, I'm a pull up and assault you. I'll be arrested. By the time I bail out and you reschedule another one, I'll pull up and smack the F U C K out of you once more because I don't give an F. Yeah, so I mean, that's smack. Does do black people not understand that that means to hit? That's not true. I don't believe that. He definitely threatened assault. And I think what Dennis is saying, I don't agree with this, but what Dennis is saying is that what. Maj or these other conservative types are saying was that, oh, well, if you're reading a sex book to my kids, then that's going to be, you know, assault. That's not what a drag queen story hour is. That's not what it is, but that's what some of them claim that they believe that it is, which is ridiculous. It's nonsense. Uh, but the thing is, when Maj, you, you know, he was uh, trying to backtrack or whatever it was he was trying to do on this, the announcement was made that Maj is willing to talk to anyone at the Porcupine Freedom Festival. And so I said, well, look, great. Why don't we just have a conversation now? Because I can understand, Arya, that maybe he didn't put the nuance in there of, oh, if you're reading a sex book to my kids, then I'll assault you. That's not what he said, but maybe that's what okay, he actually meant. And I'm willing to I'm willing to hear out somebody, give them more than 280 characters. That's why I wanted to have Dennis on the show tonight. Yes, and, that's, where, that, 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 that's exactly where he was. That's, that's what he thing. was talking about. He refused to appear. I understand you had a conversation with him privately, mm-hmm. Dennis. And, and I urged him to uh, now is this something that i mean i think you know at this time 
there was a lot of trolling and a lot of setting him up and i don't think he trusted you guys well i now, whatever i would love i would how, love how for I him trust, to have come on how could i trust that that person is willing to talk at the porcupine freedom festival he's saying he's willing to talk there but he's not willing to talk two months in advance and either way that's that's where i think that thing sits you know like i said you why because after i said nap violation which was before i said don't come to pork fest he responds to me no it's not a nap violation because if you're showing kids uh like i don't think he said men dressed as women but a drag show then it's inherently violent so he it's it which is crazy. It's, I mean, it's crazy. A crazy viewpoint. That, I, I hate that I brought it up because I didn't mean to direct the show this long to this topic. I just wanted to throw that out there. My bad. We have Phoenix on the line calling from Chicagoland. You're on Free Talk Live with Dennis Pratt. Phoenix. Hey, guys. So I will try to be as uh, brief as possible because I know there's not much time. Um, I was brought on this year to do uh, production for the for Porkfest at the Pavilion, mm-hmm. which I consider a huge honor and a great opportunity. I'm really excited about it. But Dennis, I wasn't aware that RFK was going to have this no gun zone um, prior to agreeing to come on, and I'm still willing to do it, um, even considering the allegations uh, with Maj Ture. Um, you know, he's going to be on the main stage. I'm still will absolutely willing to do it as mu- as as much as I ever was. But it it is concerning that at a libertarian anarchist freedom festival. An individual would be invited in that would be capable or given the authority to deny individuals' ability to protect themselves. One of the things that I truly love and appreciate about Porkfest is its open gun culture. And I've never felt as comfortable and as safe as I ever have as I do at Porkfest. And being in charge of filming at the pavilion, I'm responsible to be there. I have to be there. So given, you know, and this isn't being, you know, um, facetious or making a light of it at all. But given RFK's history with his family, it it, it does give me pause to say, you know, how safe am I really going to be there filming this man when there's a a no-gun zone? Yeah. I mean, could you speak to that? Yes, absolutely. So, I mean, you are... being in being there is totally voluntary if you have any qualms as a matter of fact i talked to all the volunteers i said if you have any qualms we can find someone else to do that so if you have any qualms you know please bow out for that event you don't have to do that event there's no reason for you to do that event there's multiple people that are going to be available for it but it was just something that crossed my mind it was something that i was that was concerning i know one of the arguments that you had made was it's kind of a property rights issue where, you know, if it's your hub, you get to delegate what the rights are. Um, it, it just seems. No, no, know, no, no. I, I don't. It's not that I delegate what the rights are. I delegate what I, I don't delegate rights. I, well, no, but I, the set, the, like, I set the conditions for really coming in. Right. So you come onto my property, you come into my house and I might say Ooh. you can't smoke pot. And you go, that's my right to smoke pot. And you go, no, not on my, not in my house, right? Now, I, I rent sure, the pavilion, okay? And I say, you can't smoke. Now, I didn't even know that there was a no smoking. There's no smoking cigarettes. And that's, you know, Constance, the other organizer, she that's she said that. And she's, she has a reason for it. She said it. I'm going, okay, that's fine. It's, it, you know, it's her place. And ultimately during, during pork fest, it falls back onto Constance. I'm really, I'm in charge of pork fest from July through, 
June 18th. Then fulfillment falls onto Constance. She's been working and preparing all this time for fulfillment. So that's the pork rangers and the and the and the porter johnnies and the facilities people and the free aid and the. Uh, I think the dispute uh, that I'm having here is that you say it's your pavilion and you set the rules and so on, mm-hmm. but you won't set the rules about what attendees are appropriate to speak there. Like you'll set some rules. But not others, and you you no, seem to. No, that's not true. That's that's such a so so every single person who was there, who who's speaking there, I had I entered into intense negotiations about what it was that they were going to talk about. Vivek, for example, was the hardest. Okay, I actually rejected I think four different proposals. We we came to you know we couldn't do it. And you know finally you know we kind of worked on this deep state thing. Right. So he actually believes, first of all, he believes that there is a deep state. And, you know, I, I, too. So what is the deep state? And then he believes that that it's actually reformable, which I don't believe. <laughs> right. He believes that he can actually go in there. He is promising that he's going to go in there and reform the deep state. Now I'm going, OK, like Trump, he's a liar, okay, he's I'm, a scumbag. Like I'm, 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 I, 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 I don't understand what that means or, that's a, or anything like that. I got to give but, it to him, though. That's a take I have never heard before. Okay. Now, now. Isn't that what Trump said he now, was going to do? That's exactly I what still, Trump said. Drain the swamp. Yeah. So, okay. so what, what did I do? I went and found Matt Kibbe to go and interview him on this particular thing. So what it is, it's a free the people interview of Vivek around what is the deep state how intense is it? And is it actually reformable? Now, I think that that's damn interesting talk. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.